last week, I I named that I had had a dream that I was going to share, uh, and then went off and did something totally different. So this week, you you get it. Um, and I want to start with um, kind of a setup for this dream that has just stayed with me. Very very helpful. Um, so the week before, I dropped my youngest off at college, came home, and went into a funk. <laughs> big life transition for me uh and and you know came home to hospice kitty and blind kitty and diarrhea and poop and y'all like heard that whole story last week so you know there was just a lot a lot on on the on the plate with it and it was just hard for me to find my footing in that funk it was hard for me to find my practice so I was really looking forward to this weekend retreat I had planned the first week after she she left. Uh, I was doing an online at home retreat um, that weekend. And I know, you know, I just have had enough experience with <laughs> going into funks and how helpful retreat space is for helping me reset something in my system. So I just kind of planned on this weekend retreat being my my reset. Uh, had the re- went on the retreat, did the retreat. It was beautiful. It was a very accessible um, reset for me, and I kind of like glibly probably checked the box off. Okay, now I'm reset. All is well, and um, coasted for about two or three days, and then boom, right back into my version of funk. And for me, when I get into this place, it's really, it's, it's this combination of, of inertia, feels like trying to work through thick molasses resistance to do anything, um, or, or, oh my gosh, there are a thousand things in the house that I have to do right now. Um, because they're important, you know, <laughs> and, and, I, and I never quite get to what, what I need to do for that day because I'm taking care of all this other, other um, quote-unquote needed stuff. I like Bernie Siegel's quote. I've said this before. I don't know if y'all remember it. Um, we humans get caught up in the thick of thin things. That's me. When that was me in that place, that's where I was caught up in the thick of thin things. So, you know, it was just very bummed to find myself back in this particular state of mind. Um, and, and also kind of discouraged. I mean, like, oh my gosh, if a retreat doesn't work, <laughs> you know, how messy is this going to be to find my way back out? So in the midst of that, I went to bed one night feeling really discouraged, and, um, and I had this dream. Now here was the dream. I was with a group of people, and we were all going to go together on some sort of big, important expedition. It was going to be a long, hard journey. But a few of us realized that, oh my gosh, there are binoculars available and there's a hillside right there 
And if we just get the binoculars, instead of doing all that hard work of that journey, we could go sit up on that hillside and watch in the binoculars, and that will be just as good. <laughs> so that's what we did. We went and we went and we sat on the hillside and we pulled up our binoculars and we saw that the group had gone this long, 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 long ways and they had finally arrived. And then through the binoculars, we could see, you know, where they were. Through the binoculars, we could tell where they had gotten to was a really important place to be. And watching through the binoculars was completely different than being there. It was, it was the shortcut that didn't work. I can't tell you how discouraging that moment in the dream was where we realized not only had they gone, the leader had gone, the trail had closed, we had like missed the boat and it was just like, like not available because we hadn't gotten up and gone on that journey. And so we were sitting there really discouraged and you know how dreams can shift just suddenly like, like, surrounded with this knowing of an invitation that was possible to simply change the perspective. But that was all that was needed. And we sat there kind of dumbfounded and blank. Well, what the heck does that look like? How do you change the perspective? You know, they're so far all the way over there. Um, what's what's going to change that? And then we got it. We could just turn the whole thing on end 90 degrees. And then instead of them being way far out there, they were actually just below us. And we could simply drop down all the way down in a heartbeat, slip under the fence, and then we were there. Really helpful dream. Woke up the next morning, <laughs> still in my my version uh, feeling in 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 a funk place, and remembered the dream. So I turned the perspective ninety degrees and dropped out into a new place. For me, this dream really brings up right effort that we talked about when we looked at the eightfold path. Um, <laughs> for those of you who are here from winter and spring, we did the, the Buddhist psychology. We looked at the, the foundation of Buddhist psychology, the four noble truths in life. There is suffering. It is a part of life. The second, there is a cause of that. It is um, the most proximal cause of it is our clinging, wanting things to be different in some way or another than they are. The third is there's a way out of that. And the fourth is the path, the eightfold path. Um, and one of the pieces on that path is right effort. This idea of what is compassionate effort, what kind of effort is available that is caring and not um, um, abusive to us, to ourselves. It's a really key question to consider 
and for me, that you know, the dream just pointed kind of to the whole spectrum, except for I feel like it left one piece out of the spectrum. The spectrum of the dream was not enough effort. And then the people, you know, that was us on the hillside, obviously, with binoculars. Then there was the, the people who were deeply engaged in a, in a strong effort, the ones that made the journey, um, put that in. And then there was this, this kind of fruit of practice that the more we stay with the practice, the more we start to understand effortless effort a different kind of soft opening that's always available to us, but often inaccessible to us. Like we, we actually have to, have to do a certain kind of, of practice to begin to even understand what that invitation might, I wouldn't have had this dream 20 years ago. I would never have had this dream 20 years ago. I wouldn't have had a, a sense of, of this possibility, but it's just helpful to know it's there. Um, this is, um, I'll just draw again from Buddhist psychology, because I think the way it's put in that, in that practice is the clearest. This is a, an understanding of a basic goodness that is present in all of us all the time. And we're just clouded from it. And the work is not how we beat ourselves into being good, but rather how do we help learn how to dispel the fog so that we're in touch with what is already here um, um, that is whole. The one effort that wasn't in the dream um, that I think is important to also name, and that's the over-efforting, the grunt effort. So I want to I just share a little bit about each of these with this idea of, you know, where for you are you on the spectrum right now with practice and effort? And... Um, and I'm just, I will start by saying, you know, if you're like me, I've definitely known something about all of these um, at some place or another. And there's a learning a little more, with a little more ease, how to meet what's here um, um, with the right kind of energy and effort. So the first one, not enough effort. Oh, I can just watch it with my binoculars and that's just as good. <laughs> that, um, that's when I get caught in reading books and listening to talks and, and don't really never quite get to taking that step. And what does that stuff actually mean in this moment in my life? How do I actively engage in a meaningful way, whether in formal meditation practice or whether in the heart of my day-to-day -day world, um, like I'm working this stuff? Um, um, that's, that's kind of my version of not enough effort. Um, um, and then the second one I'm going to go straight to is the over-efforting because 
in that what it's like um, when we're when we're still learning something, we tend to go from one extreme to boom all the way over to the other, um, and it, and it's a, it just takes time to kind of like bounce back and forth between the two of them to find out again and again. Okay, that didn't work, but this was a little helpful until they come back. So. You know, for me, the next step from not enough effort is often over effort, um, um, trying to clobber myself with the practice, the whole um, typical no pain, no gain mentality. We often think of um, effort as that necessary hard grunt work that it is just going to take to get to the payoff. Uh, and this is this 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 idea is right in the root of our English word effort, uh, which I looked up because I like roots. Um, laborious attempt, strenuous exertion. <laughs> Sound familiar at all? In practice, for me, this can look like trying really hard to get somewhere with the practice. And then beating myself up for not getting where I think I am supposed to be, um, what it is supposed to look at. So it's basically I'm practicing a sort of self-punishing, pushing that's not real useful. There's a great Zen story. Um, a new student uh, appeared at the, the master's. Um, Zindo or, or whatever, and said, Master, I am, I am ready to put in the strongest effort you've ever seen um, to, to become enlightened. How long do you think it's going to take me? And the teacher said, mm, maybe about 10 years. And the student said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I am going to put in everything I have into this practice. How long do you think it's going to be then? And the teacher says, probably 20 years. <laughs> and the student was like, no, 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 no. I've got this. I'm here. And the teacher says, I don't think you're ever going to get enlightened. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's interesting what's not enough and what's too much. Um, uh, and, and, you know, like, how do you know when it's not enough? And how do you know when it's too much? What are, what are the ways you know? One thing I want to say about over-efforting, though, at least it has some energy that's showing up. I mean, there's like a part of me that just wants to say strength to it. Sometimes that's the best we got. When I first started my practicing practice, I was, I was deep in the throes of over-efforting. And early in my practice, that was the best I had. And I'm really, really, really grateful for that energy that, that helped me work with the practice. I remember, I think I've shared this with y'all before. I was at a retreat with Thich Nhat Hanh, and he, he actually said, you know, it was this big retreat, a thousand people in the room. I'm way up in the nosebleeds. And he says something like, um, if you don't enjoy your practice, you're doing something wrong. 
I wanted to like run down through the whole thing, go up to him, sit beside him, say, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't enjoy my practice, but it is my lifeline. I am so glad I had it. Um, but, you know, his his words, they, they worked on me for all of these years until I started thinking, huh, wonder if there's a way to show up that's not quite so punishing. So none of this is to put down either way. You know, I don't even want to put down not enough effort. Sometimes that's where we are too. Sometimes that's a needed cycle of, of just stepping back um, and, and learning something about that as well. So none of this is to put down any of these. It's more about can we broaden our understanding of possible energies and efforts that might be available to us to work with different situations. So, you know, thinking about that, I really also like another, you know, when I think about the word effort, there's clearly the word fort, fortress, fortify, all of that's in that word too. Um, A certain kind of gathering up of strength that has a contraction to it, but it's also a protection. It's also a taking care of, that fortifying, uh, which really leads me to the, the next one. How do we show up for the journey with effort, but without that, that becoming that overexertion, over-efforting? You know, and for me, the people in my dream who were willing to just take the journey. Um, and they did, you know, get somewhere with taking that journey. I used to backpack a lot. And I really liked carrying a relatively health um, heavy load and finding my rhythm on the trail. There was this um, rhythm that had a balanced place. It was kind of beautiful between a sort of strength and effort and a flowing that was pleasant and and felt good. That's a great metaphor to me for, for what this kind of effort looks like. There is a kind of energy and effort needed into the practice. Um, that, and it's possible to do that without over-pushing, over-exerting. There, you know, you need to apply a certain kind of strength to pick up the backpack to carry it on the trail. But that also needs to be balanced with an understanding about rest, about nourishment, about pacing. It needs to kind of be a wise effort that is taking care of the whole. So in terms of an energy needed for the practice, I like the way Bhikkhu Bodhi says this, um, he's uh, an American, um, um, again, I'm drawing from the Buddhist tradition. Um, he's a, an American Buddhist monk who done um, beautiful translation work. And he says it this way. He says, time and again, the Buddha has stressed the need for effort, for diligence, exertion, unflagging perseverance. 
The reason why effort is so crucial is that each person has to work out his, his or her own deliverance. The Buddha does what he can by pointing out the path to liberation. The rest involves putting the path into practice, a task that demands energy. So, you know, there is a kind of energy that's needed, but we're always looking for how we become more balanced, more wholesome in applying that energy, how we become less self-punishing, which is where so many of us go with this idea of, of effort. You know, too heavy of a backpack or too many miles on rough terrain, I'm just going to injure myself and not get anywhere. So what is the right amount of energy that allows me to show up? But it's doing it in a very compassionate, caring way. And what's interesting with this practice is the more we do it, the more we both learn how, and this is a learning. We don't know this stuff naturally. We're not taught this stuff growing up and living in this culture. It is an active learning. And so, you know, the, we, we, <laughs> compassion is our deepest friend on this journey um, of this learning. But the more we practice, the more bit by bit by bit, we do learn how to gather our strength, wherever that comes from, whether it comes from, you know, the community group sitting here, whether it comes from other resources, other ways with it, we're offering healing and help to ourselves. You know, we learn what are our supports and what, how can we help gather some strength for us? Um, and we take our time with that learning. And then we also be, get to get, we, we begin to develop a much more nuanced understanding of then how to apply that with compassionate care effectively. So our swings are often really big at first, but with time, you know, they, they, they start to get easier um, um, when we can stay with this journey. Which to me really brings to the last kind that I wanted to name. That was the part of the dream that just was able to flip the perspective and drop down. There have been a sweet number of times when I really tasted that possibility. I don't, it doesn't happen very often. I wish that were like the road, you know, wide open, clear. Wouldn't that be gloriedom? But, you know, it is what it is. I'm really grateful for the moments that I have tasted that. And to some extent, I think anyone that shows up for this practice, you've probably tasted something of it, some sort of knowing that there's an opening here, that there's a possibility here. That's a good thing to know, a beautiful resource. Even... Um, uh, um, I think it was Nancy who, who named in the go-around those little serendipitous moments, even if they're, they're so small, they're there. And we need to know them and acknowledge and validate those moments. That's that opening that can drop in for even just a moment and know something different, a different possibility. 
So I'm probably going to share more along this idea of, uh, you know what, next week I'm going to share, I heard a metaphor, a teaching metaphor in that retreat I went on um, about going for the candy versus going for the gold. And to me, that fits just exactly in this. So that's probably for next week. But let's just pause here for a moment and invite you to consider for your own self. What kind of effort do you usually, what's your habit kind of effort? Are there the the layers of kind of the self-punishing, self-pushing that may not be helpful? What might be a finer attunement or balance that's possible right now for you in your practice? Thank you.